Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Joe, what song was that, by the way? What was that from? What was it from, though? You know, I've never watched that. That's like one of those movies, and it's obviously it's you know what is it close to thirty years You've old? Never probably. watched Nightmare Before. No, Christmas? I haven't. It's one of those movies that like, you know, everybody has like a couple of movies where you say like, oh yeah, I I've been meaning to watch that, but I've been using that excuse for probably what twenty five years. But it's You've not really watch th- it somewhere in between this uh, this Halloween and Christmas season. But what it's not even though like it looks Halloweenish, but it's more Christmassy than a Halloween movie. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I, I would say that's fair. Great Tim Burton, of course. I'll get around to it. I promise. And not only that, I will watch the movie and then I will report back on this show with a thorough review of it. That's what I will do. I just can't promise you. I, I I can't promise you a day or time or when. I'll get to watching it, but I will. I promise I will. Uh, Overreaction Monday. A lot of jet talk in that first hour, as you would expect. They came up five points shy to the New England Patriots, but five and three at the midway point. I think you take that, right? All things considered, you take it. Now, I know it doesn't get any easier because you've got Buffalo coming in next week, which, for my money, is probably the best team in the NFL from top to bottom. But we'll deal with Buffalo as we get... A little bit further along in the week. As far as the Giants are concerned, you know what? I'm going to use the same philosophy when talking about them and what they've done so far this year. And they were probably due for one of the games that they ended up playing yesterday in Seattle. You know, the Giants, it's well documented. Before that game yesterday, each and every one of the games they played this year was decided by one score. They played very competitive football. They've hung around, and more often than not, they have found a way to make the plays to walk off that field victorious. But yesterday, they couldn't. And I think that all year, we were sitting there kind of wondering aloud, like, okay, well, when is it finally going to catch up to the Giants? Like, when are all of these injuries that they're dealing with? I mean, you sit there and you see the injury report for the Giants. It's like a mash unit. And good players, too, like important players to this team. And it's like, how do they keep winning games? Well, we know why, because Brian Dayball is doing a hell of a job coaching the heck out of that team. That's why. And they're a tough-minded group, especially in late-game situations. But yesterday, you know, you knew probably even at halftime that this one was going to be some tough sledding over the final two quarters of the game. 46 yards of offense, 17 yards through the air in the first two quarters of that game. And it was a tough day at the office for... Richie James, you know, who has been one of these feel-good stories for the Giants this year. The fact that all of these injuries has kind of pressed him into duty, maybe a lot more than maybe a thought that you'd be talking about, especially to that wide receiver position. But that first turnover that he had only led to a field goal. You give the Giant defense a lot of credit. I remember the Giants got their early touchdown on that Tyler Lockett fumble 
inside the five-yard line. What was that at the two-yard line that they were able to punch on in there? So, you know what? It's give and take. Comes with the territory. That's why turnovers are such a critical part of a football game. But the defense, I thought, you know, by and large, did a pretty good job yesterday for the most part, especially on Kenneth Walker in that Seattle running game. I know that Walker finally had the one breakthrough play in the fourth quarter and found the end zone. But for the majority of the game, they did a nice job. I mean, Kenneth Walker, guy's having a great year. He's probably right now, with Brees Hall going down, the front runner for the offensive rookie of the year. And then Geno made plays, especially in that fourth quarter. And look, I'm as surprised uh, about the whole Geno Smith phenomenon this year as anybody is. As anybody. I thought Seattle was poised to probably be one of the three or four worst teams in the league. And I was even making jokes in the summertime. You know, when the Seahawks went into the year with a quarterback competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke, you're saying to yourself, my God, I think the term that I used was they're basically telling the world that our quarterback for next year is in college somewhere right now. And that's how we're approaching this thing. We're not going to win a lot of games. We want to get ourselves a really, really good draft choice. And then we want to take our quarterback of the future next spring. So, you know, we'll throw a bone to either Geno Smith or Drew Locke or whoever wins the competition. If we win a couple of games, great. But we know that it's not sustainable. And they're 5-3. and three. They're 5-3 and three and they're playing in a division which is underperformed and underwhelmed this year. I don't know if they're going to be able to continue this out for the rest of the season through the second half. Maybe yes, maybe no. Who knows? But so far, so good. But then you had again, right when you thought that this game was in striking distance and the Giants were going to do what they've usually done all season long, our buddy Richie James again, another turnover there. In the fourth quarter, and this time Seattle took advantage of it again and ended any hope, right? That pretty much put this one away for good. So it was a tough trip, all banged up. But if you're a Giant fan, can you really be all that distraught with the way that game played itself out yesterday? You know, I'm sure that you'd like to think that you were going to go out there and win again. Tough place to play, hostile environment didn't happen but you're six and two and even with the loss the Giants are still hands down like not even close not even close the biggest most pleasant surprise in all the NFL this year and I think as a fan you could take some solace in that you know this is going to be a very very enjoyable bye week for a Giant fan probably as enjoyable a bye week as you've had in quite some time rooting for this team like there is no stress whatsoever You've defied the odds, you've exceeded the expectations, and the bye week is only going to help you because you're going to get guys healthy. And maybe you get some reinforcements when you step out onto the field in a couple of weeks. Oh, by the way, what a couple of games that you should win. You know, you come back from the bye and you got the Houston Texans waiting for you at home. You got the Detroit Lions waiting for you at home. Those right there are the two worst teams in the National Football League, in my opinion. I mean, it couldn't work out any better. Like the football gods, the way that everything is kind of just lined up for the Giants this year, it's fantastic, is it not? You could be sitting there at 8-2 and two going into Turkey Day against the Dallas Cowboys. You should be sitting there 8-2 and two before that Dallas matchup. And who the heck thought that was possible at the beginning of the year? 8-2 and two Giants on Turkey Day? But it's going to be tough to win these games against good teams 
on the road, if you don't develop somewhat of a downfield passing game, and if you don't at least bring with you a downfield passing threat of some sort, because opposing defenses aren't going to take you seriously. And you saw it yesterday a little bit. You know, much like we said, opposing defenses are going to line up and stack the box to stop the Jets from running the ball and dare the quarterback to beat them. That's what they're going to do when playing the Giants. You know, Saquon and couldn't get anything going yesterday. Daniel Jones couldn't get anything going yesterday when it came to trying to run the football. Instead, it's, okay, let me look at this laundry list of wide receivers I have. Nobody really scares me too much. I'm going to make the Giants beat me. You know, Marcus Johnson, let him beat me down the field. Let David Sills beat me down the field. Those names don't exactly strike fear into the hearts of opposing defenses. I don't think I'm breaking any news there. Does it change? I don't know. You know, I thought the kid playing right tackle yesterday for Evan Neal, you know, he battled, but you're asking guys to do things that maybe they're not equipped to do, you know. Got to get healthier. Got to get some of these guys back if, indeed, you want to finish this thing off and maybe make an unexpected playoff push this year. And I think they will get there just because this schedule is so underwhelming and you still have so many more winnable games the rest of the season. But if you think about where this team was a year ago, where at this, you know, like last year, like I know it seems like it was light years ago, but do you realize like a year a year ago, the Jets and Giants seasons were over already, right? Giants were two and six. I think the Jets were two and six, maybe. A year ago today was the Mike White game at the Meadowlands against the Bengals. Think about that. That was their second win of the season. So both teams had two wins. You're playing out an entire second half of the year, which has little to no meaning. And I fast forward to what we have this year. Giants with six wins. Jets with five wins. Meaningful games. Certainly into the month of December and then maybe even thereafter. The football gods were smiling on New York for a change. How about that? So, yeah, if you're a Giant fan, you know what? Enjoy these two weeks. Really and truly, enjoy these two weeks. Maybe go do something with the friends, the family this weekend. I know, is it still too early to break out the holiday decorations? Go into the garage and find those. Maybe, you know, digging out the tree or going looking for a tree if you want to get an early start. People are putting their trees up already. I mean, oh. just, please. It, it's, it's a thing. Trust me, I know people. I know people. Calendar says November tomorrow. Trees are going up. Decorations are going up. It's a sickness. It's a sickness. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Appreciate this, though. New York football is actually in somewhat of a positive state of affairs right now. And when was the last time we could say that for both of these teams? Embrace it. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. 
your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. I think it was the football life one maybe with Belichick when Randy Moss was trying to convince Belichick to show up to, like, the team Halloween party. It was in, like, the 2009 season. It was a long time ago. And Belichick went. Went roller skating and all that stuff. I mean, Belichick, he, you know, he, when, he, when he lets his hair down a little bit, he is quite the party animal. Quite the party great holiday. Yeah, it's you a know great holiday. So we're candy and costumes. Yeah. How can you beat that? Right. That's right, candy and costumes. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Tino's in Staten Island. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Tino, how you doing? Dan, haven't spoke to you, and it feels like for weeks now, since right before the Knicks are going to start. Uh, I want Has to it get been that long? Uh, Has it Knicks, been that you know? long, Tino? Has it been? It's really, it's really been that long, Dan. I, I can't believe it. It's been a few weeks. Jeez. And, you know, we haven't even talked about the Knicks at all. And it's already six games in. I do want to get one quick thing on the Knicks, uh, yep. but I definitely want to start with the Jets. I want to start with the Jets. Dan, how in, 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 in Wright's mind – do they let this kid get away with this? That was egregious. What they let him get away with throwing those balls. How he wasn't pulled after the second one was mind-boggling to me. That was stuff that, like you said before, you do it in peewee, you do it in high school. Does the kid think he's still playing for BYU where he was back there playing up against schools like Nevada, Boise State, whatever he was playing at? I'm like, that, you literally cost the team the game. I would have did what exactly what Brian Dable did to to Danny Dimes when he pulled him that first game in Tennessee when he threw that ridiculous pick in the end zone against Tennessee when Dable went over to him and literally ripped into him. Why is this kid allowed to get away with this stuff? Why is no coaches yelling at him and telling him, hey, that's got to stop. You can't be doing that. You're costing the team games. You cost us a win. I would have pulled him ASAP. After he did that, I don't care. I would have taught him a lesson and say, hey, if this is going to continue, you are going to sit on the bench and learn. So I think really it comes down to coaching, Dan. I don't know if he's being coached properly because he's doing these same mistakes when he first started last year, throwing into triple coverage, not reading defenses, just, 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 it, 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 just stuff that you just can't predict that a quarterback is still doing. Well, now, Tino, real quick. Quickly on the Knicks. Yeah, Go real ahead. quick. Let me just let me say about the uh, about that. Salah was asked about that if he ever gave it any consideration to maybe pulling the quarterback yesterday, and he said no. Now I don't know if he's being one hundred percent truthful because I think he's smart enough to realize that if he said, "Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it," that would then just open up a can of worms, and it would be like feasting season. Is oh, the clock is ticking already on the quarterback because the coach has already given it some consideration. My thought was, right. especially after that second interception, I got to be honest. I was sitting there yesterday saying, you know what? Maybe it's time to get the bullpen up and start throwing a little bit because that game was still Thank in reach. You. Thank you. And if the shoddy decision-making is was going to continue to go on, 
you're not going to give your team a yeah. chance to win because I, I, I go back to that thing, the greater good. You're responsible for all the yeah. guys. You're the coach of the football team. You have to answer yeah. to all 53 yeah. guys in that room, not just one. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. You nailed it. Uh, and what happened about throwing a screenplay? I didn't see one screen. I didn't see one reverse to Berrios yesterday. I didn't see Elijah Moore basically got 10 reps. He got on the field 10 times. Can we throw a screenplay at least? Can we try something except just chucking it down the field, throw it into triple coverage? But just quickly on the Knicks, if you don't mind, Dan, I don't know if you – I mean, I know you do the games, you the pre- and post-games and this and that. I, I like what I see. Obviously, with 3-3, three and three, we lost the two tough games to Milwaukee and Cleveland. Uh, I like the way the direction is, is going with the team. Obviously, we talked a lot before about, uh, you know, not making a trade for Donovan Mitchell. And you see what Donovan Mitchell did to us yesterday. It's just unbelievable how much we can use him on our team. That guy's a closer and a winner. But one guy I know we talked about, I said, keep an eye out before the season started. I said, watch out for Isaiah Hartstein. I want your feelings on him. Doesn't the guy can play or what? Isaiah Hartenstein, think about it at the beginning of the season. Tino, thanks for the phone call. He showed you opening night. That game in Memphis when Mitchell Robinson was dealing with foul trouble. Hartenstein got how many minutes? And it was a career high in minutes in that game against the Grizzlies. And, yeah, he was one of those guys that I think people were sleeping on a little bit. You know, because it kind of fell into, fell into the laundry over the summer. Like, right around when that Brunson signing was made official and you knew that, you know, they were going to be getting Brunson and so on and so forth. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah and by the way, Isaiah Hartenstein, too. It's like, oh, 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 okay, who's he? Okay. And he's a guy who's bounced around the last couple of years, but... You know, he, he looks like he's maybe found a little bit of a niche here and a little bit of a home. And, you know, you need guys like that over the course of a long season. They're going to they're gonna be dependable enough to give you quality minutes. Not a ton. I mean, look, he's not going to be playing 30 minutes a night like he did on opening night, but give you the quality minutes. However, if it's somewhere in that 15 to maybe even 20 range, right, and if Robinson's going to have to deal with the foul trouble, which he's been prone to in his career, Nothing wrong with having a guy like that. Somebody more dependable than, let's say, a Nerlens Noel, who, unfortunately, when he, we, he can't stay healthy. That was his problem. Knicks, you know, I, I didn't see much of the game last night, obviously, because we were doing the Jets stuff, and by the time I got home, um, you know, that game was already, like, into the second half, and I was kind of bouncing around between that and the rest of the football games or whatnot. But, you know, they ran out of fuel in the fourth quarter. That happens. But everything that Tino just said, it's funny. Everything that Tino just said about Donovan Mitchell and what he brings and what he could do, it's almost like I'm sitting listening to a recording of the cases that I was making during the summer, what was it, in June, as to why the Knicks should go after him and what they would be getting with Donovan Mitchell if they were able to execute this trade and why it isn't so outlandish to give strong consideration to maybe even including an R.J. Barrett in the trade. You saw that last night, if you weren't paying attention throughout his career. Guy's good. The guy's really, really, really good. But do I think it's a disaster that the Knicks lost the game in Milwaukee and lost the game in Cleveland? No, I do not. Those are two really good teams in the Eastern Conference. Better teams than the Knicks. And he lost in their building. It's going to happen. Let's say hi to uh, Frank and Astoria up next on 98.7 ESPN. Frank, how are you? Hello, Frank. Frank, going once. 
All right, we'll move on from Frank. He's not there. He's not paying attention, not participating. Anthony in the mail truck is next. Hey, Anthony. Dan, I'm always paying attention. How are we doing, brother? Of course. What's up, Anthony? Doing great. What's on your mind? Nothing much. So, real quick, we can't compare, and I'm not saying you, but we can't compare Geno Smith to Zach Wilson. The the caller, you know, when you uh, in the uh, start of the eight o'clock hour, we we just can't do that. I I feel like Geno Smith is is right now is just a better player than Zach, and you know that's that with that, you know, and and also I wanted to say, look at his weapons around Geno Smith. He has two viable number ones on most NFL teams. He has a up and coming star running back out of Michigan State. Well, Anthony, though, here, let me say Walker. this, though, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Don't make it seem as if the Seahawks have a better supporting cast than the Jets do. Jets have very good players. Very, the Jets have a much better I, supporting cast than the Seahawks do. I agree, but but that should also mean that, that Zach Wilson should be playing a little better than he is, no? Because mm. the supporting cast that Geno Smith has is making him play very well. But, here, but let me ask you a question, though, Anthony. And, and, and sure. I know that, again, it's hindsight and all those things. But back in, let's say, July, if you and I were having a conversation and you were drafting quarterbacks for this upcoming season, would anybody in their right mind want Geno Smith ahead of Zach Wilson? No. Zero no. chance. No. I mean, think about it. And how many different teams has Geno Smith been on so far in his career? You know, he has been – the epitome of a journeyman. A journeyman. And he has found yes, the perfect situation. And and there's no – you know something? Let's be real, Anthony. There's no guarantee that he's even going to be the Seahawks starter next year. He might not be. Right. But in, for the time being, you know, I, I just I, I, I just think that he's a better quarterback at the moment than Zach Wilson. But let me, let me just, let me just mm-hmm. paint a picture for you and put the glass more of a half full. I'm, a half, I'm more of a half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So – you want to you wanna exercise your demons against the Patriots? You go out in Foxborough in two weeks, and you beat them. You compete with the Bills. It's obviously going to be a long shot for the Jets to win that game. I understand that. The Bills are probably the best team in the NFL, correct? You would uh, say? And for my money, if I'm sitting here ranking the teams top to bottom, I say yes, they're the best team. Correct. So you, you compete with them, right? You go into Foxborough. You exercise the demons. I don't think that many Jets fans will be talking about this loss from from this week. Thanks for taking the call, Dan. You have a great night, brother. Anthony, you'll be good. Um, I don't disagree with that. Like I said at the beginning of the show, if you looked at it before the season started, as far as Jets-Patriots was concerned, you'd love to split with them this year. That would show some progress, the fact that you haven't beaten them in now 13 straight times. Okay, so that's still on the table, but now you've got to beat them up there. After the bye week. Right, maybe just maybe you get one of these injured tackles back, whether it's Max Mitchell or George Fant, you know, help fortify that offensive line a little bit. So it's not impossible, you know. And again, Jets have better talent than the Patriots do. Cut down on the mistakes. You got a different game yesterday, and maybe the quarterback will learn from that and play a cleaner football game. But don't worry about that New England game yet. You got to worry about Buffalo. And you really better clean up those mistakes because that's a team that's going to make you pay. See, yesterday, despite the fact that the Jets made all those miscues, they still only lost that game. They were an onsides kick away at the end from having a chance to maybe even steal it like they did in Cleveland, improbably. You're not going to be as fortunate against the Bills. If you play that same sloppy, mistake-filled game against Buffalo, you're going to look up at the scoreboard and you're going to be down by three or four touchdowns. They're good. 
You know, think last night, and we'll get to around the league coming up at, at 9 o'clock, but Buffalo last night did not play a clean game against Green Bay. Josh Allen was sloppy through a couple of interceptions, but go look at the final score, and was there ever any doubt that the Bills were not going to win that game last night? Right? They were still in control of that game from start to finish, and they did not play the cleanest game because they're so good in all three phases. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. When we come back, I just want to get into some of that mess that's going on right now in Brooklyn with the basketball team. And a lot of it stems from one player, of course, but I think it's worth a discussion, to say the least. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Recap, week eight in the NFL coming up at nine. Remember, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasso, G-R-A-C-A. So, Nets are playing basketball tonight, and believe it or not, they're actually winning the game. As crazy as it sounds, uh, they have a 13-point lead over the Indiana Pacers right now late in the second quarter, although that is subject to change. Remember, they couldn't beat Indiana the other night. Now they're trying to see if they can learn from their mistakes, learn from their ways. And it's oddly, you know, these were both in Brooklyn, too. It's very odd that you see, like, two straight games against the same team in the same building but that's what's happening here, and needless to say, the Nets have uh, not gotten off to a start that they anticipated getting off to both on the court and off the court here in the early portion of the season. They play no defense whatsoever, and that's why I can't even sit here and say that a 13-point lead against the Pacers at home is in the bag because they just don't stop anybody, and who knows what this second half has in store. But Ben Simmons not playing tonight. He's resting due to some knee soreness, but Kyrie Irving is playing for the Brooklyn Nets. And before the year started, I was not one of those that was all in on the Nets' chances this year. I'm just talking about pure basketball. Just their chances of competing in the Eastern Conference. You know, where do they rank? Can they compete for a championship? And, 
yeah, the pieces are there and the talent and all those things, but all right, there's other components that you have to also factor in as well. It's more than just talent. It's more than just, you know, who are your main two or three guys when you're talking about a winning team. Yeah, coaching, I think, has something to do with it. Chemistry has something to do with all of those things. But when you look at the the names on the back of the jerseys in Brooklyn, you realize that there's a risk-reward factor, I think, with each and every one of them, at least in terms of the main guys. Ben Simmons, we haven't seen him play basketball in how long? And you don't know how he was going to respond. And he's already, you know, airballed a couple of layups this year and all those things. And you can already still see some of the things that, that plagued his game in Philadelphia has already carried over here to Brooklyn. And you don't know if that's going to change in any way. Kevin Durant, remember, I mean, he could sit there and, you know, do commercials for, you know, um, Junior's Cheesecake and Peter Luger's and Nathan's and all these other fine Brooklyn institutions. But this was the same guy that over the summer wanted out. Wanted to be traded. Wanted Steve Nash fired. Wanted Sean Marks fired. Wanted to upset the apple cart. And you don't think that for a second he could change his mind and wake up one morning and make new demands? Because remember, if you're a superstar player in the NBA, you get to throw that weight around. And you can make those type of decisions. And generally speaking, you get your way most of the time because the NBA is a player's league. Right? The star player is the one that more often than not dictates how things go. See the mess that the Lakers have devolved into. Because you have the player, even though he's an all-time great, having really a large say as to what goes on even with personnel. And that happens in a lot of organizations. It does. Decide who the coach is going to be. And Steve Nash is probably sitting there each and every day waking up and thinking, why the hell am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this? I won MVPs as a player. I'm in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to get in his pocket too much, but, like, you know, Steve Nash could do a lot of things and probably earn a living in basketball. You know, but does he have to coach? Does he have to put up with this mess? And I know that if you want to be a head coach in the NBA, there's only, like, a handful of jobs to go around. But uh, Steve Nash really going to last the year? With not only just with the way the team is playing, but with all the other stuff going on behind the scenes, and would he even want to? Like, if the time ever came when Steve Nash got a pink slip from the Brooklyn Nets, like, do you really think he's going to be all that upset, or is he going to be like, oh, thank God. Whew. Oh, what a relief. I'm sure that that's going to be the overwhelming emotion if, if and when that day ever comes. But more importantly than anything else, even with Kevin Durant, with Ben Simmons, Steve Nash is, you know, yet to prove that he is a capable and competent NBA coach. He's a clapper. The Kyrie Irving X factor was the one that really prevents you from going all in on what this team could potentially be with filling, fulfilling the talent that they have. Because there's always something with Kyrie. There's always something. And you're talking about situations where somebody could just, like, wake up in the morning and decide, I don't want to play anymore, I don't want to do this anymore. That, that, that's Kyrie to a T. He'd done this before. You know, goes AWOL for a couple of weeks right in the middle of the season for a variety of reasons. Right? I mean, that's, that's just how things go. And meantime, whether it was the stuff last year with the whole vaccination thing and you know, wasn't available to his team. 
through long stretches of the season. Year before that, you had other issues. And now you have this latest stuff here over the last week, which, I, I mean, to, is really just mind-bogglingly irresponsible as far as I'm concerned. And then the other night, after that game on Saturday, when he met the media and was getting grilled on it, he really didn't take any sort of accountability. None I'm not here to be divisive on what's going on on this or that. You know, he really and truly didn't. I know Kyrie wanted to speak. We'll hear from Kyrie in just a second. But he had an opportunity to stand down, to maybe see the error in his ways and how many people he hurt, insulted, groups of people, not to mention a large majority of the core fan base, if you want to call it that, for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know how many true fans they even have at this point. The owner came out, the guy who signs his checks, condemning what he was posting. And by the way, just as far as updating things, the tweet has been taken down finally. The tweet has at least been taken down. I mean, I don't know how many days it took. I don't know how many people had to get through him. I don't know if there was any sort of a threat that was issued to him by management and by the team. Maybe people in his inner circle helped him maybe see the light of day. But the thing that's most troubling about it all is, once again, he really doesn't show any accountability for his actions. I mean, that's hurtful. And he could sit there and try to dance around it and try to talk circles around everybody and then talk down to the reporter and over-talk him because he's the one with the microphone and this and almost kind of not even allowing the other guy to engage in a purposeful back and forth. It was really, really irresponsible. Really irresponsible. And here was Kyrie talking about that, at least in his opinion, even though everything publicly that's being portrayed and what he is at least trying to project, it seems divisive. He says that it's not. I'm not a divisive person when it comes to religion. I embrace all walks of life. You see it on all my platforms. I talk to all races, all cultures, all religions, and my response would be, um, it's not about educating yourself on what Semitism is and what anti-Semitism is. It's really about learning the root words of where these come from and understanding that this is an African heritage that is also belonging to the people. Africa is in it, whether we want to dismiss it or not. So the claims of anti-Semitism and who are the original chosen people of God, and we go into these religious conversations and it's a big no-no. I don't live my way like that. I don't live my life that way. Excuse me, I grew up in a melting pot, and I say a melting pot of all races, white, black, red, yellow, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, and you can see the way I live my life now. I'm not here to be divisive, so they could push their agenda. I don't want to say they, because I'm not identifying any one group or race of people but I'm in a unique position to have a level of influence on my community. What I post does not mean that I support everything that's being said or everything that's being done or I'm campaigning for anything. All I do is post things for my people in my community and those that it's actually going to impact. Anybody else that has criticism obviously wasn't meant for them. Well, can you think of anything more contradictory? Like you're not divisive and you don't condemn any one thing or whatever, but think about the thing that he posted, which essentially if you post something, you lend your support to it. Because that whole movie was derogatory, divisive, insulting towards a particular group. So what's the point of posting it then? When you're almost promoting hate. That's what I don't understand and that's what I can't wrap my mind around. 
How do you say one thing, but yet your actions then dictate something else? And then he goes on to say also that he's not going to stand down when it comes to his stances. I'm not here to be divisive on what's going on on this or that. I'm not comparing Jews to blacks. I'm not comparing white to black. I'm not doing that. That conversation is, and it constantly revolves around the rhetoric, rhetoric of who are the chosen people of God. And I'm not here to argue over a person or a culture or religion on what they believe. No, this is what is here. It's on a public platform. Did I do anything illegal? Did I hurt anybody? Did I harm anybody? Am I going out and saying that I hate one specific group of people? So out of all the judgment that people got from me posting without talking to me, and then I respect what Joe said, but there has a lot to do with the not ego or pride of how proud I am to be an African heritage, but also to be living as a free black man here in America, knowing the historical complexities for me to get here. I'm not going to stand down on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. Well, what does that mean? And nobody's sitting here saying that you shouldn't be proud of who you are and what you are and where you came from. Nobody is saying that you shouldn't do those things. And that's not even what you're doing by promoting this film. And when you say that you're not trying to hurt anybody or harm anybody, well, how do you know what type of hurt you're doing to any individual out there, even if it's one person? You don't know what they've been through or what their families have been through and what they've experienced. You have no idea. So who are you to decide what's hurtful and what's not to an individual who you may not even know exists? If you hurt one person, it's hurtful. And for the life of me, somebody's got to explain how anybody with any sort of moral compass continues to enable this over in Brooklyn with that organization and keep this guy employed by their organization. It's not like he's producing rings left and right and trophies and championship banners. What the hell has all this chaos brought you in the last three years he's been there? Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're rolling till 10 o'clock here on this overreaction Monday. We'll go around the league week eight in the NFL to start the 9 o'clock hour. But we say hi to Mike in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7. Michael, how are you? I'm good. And yourself? Good, Mike. What's up? That, that whole thing in Brooklyn is just a complete mess. No alphas. Kevin Durant, incredible player. Kyrie Irving, super loaded, no brain cells. No one to rein him in to say, hey, shut up, play ball. I mean, that, there's no alphas over there. There's no leadership. Bunch of players, great names on the back of the jerseys, but no leadership. 
from top to bottom because they didn't shut him down yet. I don't know who the leader is on that team, Mike. I got to be honest with you, and I thank you for the phone call. And, and I don't think you're wrong either. Like, really, who is in charge right now? Who is in charge? The head coach? You, you think Steve Nash has any authority in that locker room right now? Like, you think any of those players are going to be concerned about what Steve Nash says necessarily and what he might think and what he might say? Not me. Sean Marks have any authority? Think about what happened a couple of years ago with the whole Kyrie thing. When they said, well, you know what? He's not going to want to get vaccinated. Fine. That's his choice. He's not going to be a part-time player for us. That is not the best course of action for the team. And they kind of actually took a stand, and he admired that. And he said, oh, well, hey, how about that? Look at the Nets. But how long did that last? And then before you know it, they welcome him back because they realize, well, we need to win basketball games. But the problem is, is that they haven't won basketball games, not consistently enough, to continue to put on with this. So you wonder, what is the end game here? Is it really worth all the trouble? Claude is in uh, Long Island City. He's up next here on 98.7. Claude, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, so, Claude. Kyrie, personally, I think the guy's a buffoon. Or, or uh, in the old days, he'd be a blowhard. You know, all he just talk, 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 whatever. So he did mention at one point for his people, his followers, like he puts out content or his, his recommendations. It's not for it's for his people. So it may be in his twisted brain, he thinks by putting out this uh, media that he put out, I personally haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be taking a look at it later tonight, I'm sure. And um, he, maybe he wants his people to realize that there's hate. You know, the world is capable of this type of hate. You know, or, or like, hey, guys, watch out. You know, this is out there. This is the type of stuff that's waiting for you, you know, by certain people. He, he's a little, you never know what's going through that guy's mind. And uh, it could just be miscommunication. He doesn't know how to fully explain his message, especially using every word in the vocabulary that he had. It, it, he took so long to say such a basic thing. It was, uh, it's tough to swallow. Well, Claude, you know what it was? Talk. Claude, you know what it was? And I thank you for the phone call. He had an opportunity once it was pointed out to him the other night after the game that this is divisive and there's a lot of people who are offended by this. He shot back with, well, how do you know they're offended? Who am I offending? Well, they were trying to tell you because a lot of people had spoken out and saw the error of it. How about your owner? How about the boss? How about the guy who signs your checks actually put out a tweet saying how divisive it was and how hurtful it was? And had to almost apologize on your behalf. That's not good enough? I mean, if you don't get the message then, 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 then what is it? But it goes back to what we were talking about with the organization. Like, I don't know who is in charge. I don't know if there is any sort of rules and adherences that you have to stand by if you play for the Brooklyn Nets. Right? Where, where is the authority? Mike in New Jersey up next on 98.7. Michael, how are you? Hi, Dan. How are you doing? What's up, Mike? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about the whole Kyrie Irving situation, and it's a joke. And not even just this. It's a, it's a shame what happened. He's absolutely wrong. But I'm just, I want to talk about, like, the Nets the past few years. You know, everyone talks about how the Knicks are the clown show organization in New York of, the bas- of basketball. Imagine Kyrie Irving and KD the past few years. Imagine they were on the Knicks. Imagine what would be 
throughout media. You know, everyone, everyone wants to talk about James Dolan being bad, this and that. James Dolan didn't want Kyrie Irving. He saw through the nonsense. And ever since Katie and Kyrie have been there, it's been nothing but a circus. And throughout this whole failure of a situation, this is the one of the biggest failures in sports the past few years with the Nets. And I feel like every day it's something different. And if I'm Joe Sott, I I'm cutting ties with Kyrie at this point. That what else can you do? It's a joke. I if it was my team, Mike, and I thank you for the phone call. I don't care that nobody else wants him. He wouldn't be playing for my team. Because this is like the the, the latest in a long line of things that make you just scratch your head. And like I said, it's not like it's producing any box off. You see, the Nets, by the way, are dead last in the NBA right now in season ticket sales. Dead last. Yeah, people are lining up. Where's Brooklyn at? Right? Remember when when Brooklyn was going to take over the town? Remember that? Take the Knicks fans? When is that happening? Tell me. When are those championship banners going to come rolling into the Barclays Center? When? Tell me. Go around the league. Talk some football as we kick off hour number three. Dan Grass' show, 98.7 ESPN.